0: independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson.
1: This is the Chad Benson Show. My name is Craig Collins filling in. Uh, Thrilled to be here. Chad is back after the holidays. So this is interesting. The other day and then actually again, um, more recently, uh, today or so, um, we've continued to see more and more Twitter files coming out. And even one of the journalists who talked about it today said that Twitter asked nothing of him. Uh, He talked about how the Pentagon had some special protection uh, that Twitter gave to accounts. And there's a lot of propaganda kind of going on in those accounts. Essentially, Twitter was a propaganda machine for the Pentagon. Uh, That's what the latest part. I think it's part eight of the Twitter files says. And one of the other things reported earlier this week, part seven, uh, exposed a very big connection. Corporate media can entirely ignored between the FBI and Twitter And how even people wound up working at Twitter that probably still worked, if not uh, at one time worked at the FBI. It's insane the amount of valuable things that have been coming out in the last few days on this. Elon Musk, of course, also asked if people thought he should quit uh, Twitter. And so even though there's significant things coming out and journalists saying that they're not being told to tell a story a certain way, to provide a narrative uh, that they don't see within the stuff that uh, Twitter is providing to them, Mainstream media is doing this. I have a bunch of headlines. Twitter users say Elon Musk should quit. That was the New York Times. How Elon Musk destroyed Twitter and how to save it. That's Washington Post. Elon Musk actively searching for a new Twitter CEO. Sources say CNBC and CNN after Twitter users voted to oust Elon Musk as CEO. He wants to change how polls work. Those are the things that they're talking about. How is that more important? right now and honestly i never thought i'd talk about a social media company or platform as much as i do these days but how is that more important than the stuff we're learning the stuff we're seeing the assumption of compliance that so many different government organizations the fbi the pentagon whoever it is uh just had of this social media platform it's it's insane and i actually i'll say this i think that when everything is is over however many more twitter files there are to be had and shared that at some point, society, much like the Hunter Biden story, eventually became agreed upon as true. It's not till still reported on a lot. That's sh- certainly true. And when and if uh, Republicans actually get in office and start investigating certain things, well, they, they will get in office, but start investigating these things, I think it'll be interesting to see how much mainstream media coverage it gets then. But I think when all is said and done, Elon Musk buying Twitter will be one of the more significant things um, to happen in the world of social media and its connection to government. Um, Because just think of it this way, and then I'll move on. How unique of a situation it took for us to get where we are, for the transparency that we're gaining to have been possible. The, at the time, richest, now I think second richest man in the world, bought a huge social media, one of the biggest social media companies on the planet, turned it private, and then chose to expose all of its dirty secrets To these journalists who are putting it out on, well, Twitter, Uh, that is not a scenario that anyone saw coming in the world of government when they were communicating so regularly with Twitter and assuming, again, compliance on the stuff they were asking for. All right, let's move on. Uh, Something else that's a big deal out there in the world, I've been talking about it for the last day or so, is this ridiculous $1.7 trillion spending bill and the way in which it's been executed or the way in which the government has assumed that the politicians themselves can even effectively do this. And I know there's a whole lot of politicians who don't care. They have no intention of reading it anyway. Their team is in power. Uh, Their team provided it to them, so they're just going to sign their little name on it. I love what Rand Paul said, though, Uh, Because it's absolutely true. And there's like a minute and a half of audio here. And I don't know how to like interrupt any of it. So we might just play it straight of Rand Paul complaining. uh, And actually he showed up with the ridiculous bill um, uh, on a table next to him. It's it's tremendous to see it actually just sitting there. And a lot of signs that say how bad this is as far as uh, this version of government. Uh, But here we go. Here's Rand Paul for at least a minute, maybe a minute and a half. Ranting about the terribleness of how uh, this is all coming into play in the last couple of days before they all go on vacation uh, and don't return till the new year. Uh,
2: I brought with me the omde, four thousand one hundred and fifty-five pages. When was it produced? In the dead of the night, 1.30 in the morning, when it was released. Now people argue that it's conservative's fault. It's, you don't have the Christmas spirit. Somehow you're holding up government. <laughs> Well, whose job is it to produce this? The people in charge of spending, the people in charge of both of the parties. When did they know that this would be necessary? Well, it's in the law, September 30th. You got nine months, almost 10 months to produce a plan, to have a spending plan. They weren't ready on September 30th, so they voted themselves 90 more days. They weren't ready last week either, so they voted themselves another week. And now we have it at 1.30 in the morning this morning. But what's the clamor? The clamor is to vote. Vote now, <laughs> let's get it done. Come on. Why are you standing in the way of spending? How dare you? Well, the real question is this. What is more dangerous? What is more dangerous to the country? <laughs> 1.1 trillion dollars in new debt Pretty or dangerous. as republican leadership likes to say oh but it's a win it's a big win we're getting 45 billion dollars for the military so which is more important which threatens the country more are we at risk for being invaded by a foreign power if we don't put 45 billion into the military or are we more at risk by adding to a 31 trillion dollar debt
1: uh, i would say option two Uh, As far as both of those go. And I got to be honest, I think a lot of Americans, if you just hear the headlines of of what he's saying there, you don't hate spending on the military. Although I I will add a couple caveats to that. Uh, We've been giving a lot of equipment to Ukraine to fight their war against Russia. So even though uh, some of the headlines have been this amount of millions or billions of dollars has been going to Ukraine, a lot of that was actually just military equipment. So I imagine that the tremendous amount of spending now is to replenish some of that equipment to get new equipment uh, that we've given away. Uh, There is also within the bill money that's going to be given directly to Ukraine, billions of dollars. And I guess that's probably why Vladimir Zelensky, the president of Ukraine, will be here in the United States today. Um, I think it's interesting, though, because I know that and I'll say this because I always I, I always waver a little bit on this topic, not in my conviction, in my take, but just in the idea that a whole lot of people, myself included, want to see Ukraine beat Russia. Uh, there's no scenario where anyone starts cheering for Russia in the uh, war that they inflicted on Ukraine. And honestly, at, at times, uh, the reporting and conversations about that and how Ukraine is a Second Amendment type of country and how the people were defending themselves, uh, there were grandmothers making bombs um, to help out and and fight Russia. Like Those are all things that I think... Matter And Americans actually care about it. It's reminiscent of a lot of the things we've done throughout the history of of this country. Uh, So I understand that desire to to support. Uh, But we do have to remember there are some caveats to that, that Ukraine was the second most corrupt country in Europe, according to independent uh, sources, uh, Russia being the only country more corrupt. Uh, before this war even got started. And so sending billions of dollars, not just in military aid, but just additional aid uh, to Ukraine because they say they need it and they, they do need it. Uh, their country has been decimated by the war, um, but just giving it to the politicians and glad handing with Vladimir Zelensky, who to a lot of people is, is sort of a, a great person and a celebrity uh, right now. Uh, does not guarantee us that that money inevitably goes to the Ukrainian people uh, when they inevitably need it the most, when hopefully this war is eventually over. And I have said this a couple times in the show, and I'm going to move on after saying it. Ukraine is now even fighting that war in a way that America would want them not to, uh, meaning they're still trying to push Russia further and further out of contested territories. And the United States would probably like to see them. Most of the world would like to see them negotiate those territories instead. But I think this is very interesting. Uh, that you expect a whole bunch of politicians to sign a bill, $1.7 trillion in spending, that you gave them as little time as humanly possible to even consider. And I support what Rand Paul says in his rant there uh, and in his take on it, that you should vote no. And actually, I've seen some kind of extreme takes out there about how we we should let the government shut down. Uh, We should let uh, certain things uh, hit that wall. And it's not the fault of those who hit the brakes at the finish line. It's the fault of those who weren't really trying to drive the car appropriately all the way up to the finish line. It's the people who decided to l- wait as long as humanly possible to make this a situation that isn't one that is achievable uh, for those who actually care about all the spending. And by the way, they, there have been some deep dives into some of the spending and things that people are already pulling out of it. Uh, there's a lot of spending on museums. Uh, there's a lot of spending on a, a trail, a Michelle Obama trail, uh, going to cost $3.6 million. I think something to that effect, I don't know why people are going to be building things like that right now. When we talk about the spending, the debt, when we talk about inflation, when we talk about all the challenges of just blank check after blank check, you would think that we wouldn't want to start building more museums and and trails and whatnot for anybody. I don't even care, Republican, Democrat, whoever it is, you feel like those things could wait, you know. It's sort of like going to the grocery store, only having a, uh, a, a certain amount of money, a budget you have to stick to, and before you get to any of the important foods, you've loaded up on all the candy in the candy aisle, and the wife looks at you like, what are you doing? We've got 200 bucks to spend. You can't put all these items in. That's They have no value at all. Uh, they might be fun, but they have no value. And so it's interesting to see all this spending just kind of jammed into this, and I'm sure there's other ways that it's there's hidden things. $45 billion in military and economic aid for Ukraine. Uh, is one of the things that's been pulled out. $5 billion uh, in, is earmarked for 3,200 different projects uh, that are going to occur. $47 billion for the National Institute of Health. Uh, $1 billion for Puerto Rico's electrical grid. $600 million to address water issues in Jackson, Mississippi. Uh, just lots and lots of money. And I'm not saying all of that isn't necessarily causes that are valuable. It's just tremendous amounts of money. Uh, And the way in which that money then gets exchanged, moved, uh, turned around is another very interesting thing, especially when, again, you include Ukraine. When you talk about Vladimir Zelensky and the way in which the United States has, to many people, maybe utilized Ukraine in some of that money laundering stuff that so many believe happens out there in the world and happens within our country. So it's a unique set of circumstances to all happen right the way that it is, uh, to say the very least. Uh, I do want to play one other quick thing, and then we'll take a break. Uh, This is Tucker Carlson talking about how much of a sham the job numbers are. Uh, So the Biden administration has been very proud of the fact that they've created a whole bunch of jobs. They brag about it a lot. Uh, Tucker says that there's some organizations that have looked into this deeper. And uh, yeah, the numbers are way off. Uh, it is way over. If you're playing the prices right, you definitely went over. You definitely do not win both showcases. So, on the basis of that and other factors, they
3: won. They now have control of the Senate. And now we get to learn the truth. A million new jobs, really? The Philadelphia Fed decided to check those numbers, and they found the U.S. economy did not add more than a million jobs Whoopsie. in the second quarter of this year. Instead, the net addition of jobs was about 10,000. What? So that's less than 1% of the job growth administration claim. That's not a rounding error. That's not a minor math mistake. This is a country that supposedly sent a man to the moon. We can do math, right? This isn't like thinking you had 100 bucks in your pocket and finding out you had 85.
1: This is No, it's like thinking you had 100 bucks in your uh, pocket and finding out you had basically no dollars, no no money at <laughs> all in your pocket. I do like that. I'm not sure that I love the Tucker Carlson, we supposedly went to the moon moment, I don't think he's trying to say we didn't go to the moon, Uh, but if we can't do math uh, well enough to get to uh, 10,000 instead of a million in the jobs world, then I guess he could doubt just about anything. A quick break, a lot more. Craig Collins filling in on The Chad Benson Show.
0: Welcome to Chad. Chad. No, not the country. The institution. The Chad Benson Show.
1: This is the Chad Benson Show. My name is Craig Collins, filling in. Glad to be with you. Lots of stuff to talk about. Uh, I saw this uh, poll that came out. Two thirds of Americans, of parents, are jealous of their uh, kids' childhoods. Uh, That's pretty interesting. It makes sense. And a lot of people probably feel that way. Uh, One of the big reasons why people are jealous of childhood is because of how easy it is to make friends uh, when you're a kid. It's something that definitely is a lot harder as an adult, probably because of the technology we all use today, how we're not as connected. Uh, as We're actually way too connected, let's say, online uh, to feel so comfortable chit-chatting with people in public. Uh, It's something that a lot of people struggle with uh, quite a bit. Uh, So that's just one of a few things. Uh, People also said that some of the things they miss about uh, being a kid is what everybody misses about being a kid. Carefree days, the amount of television that's available now uh, also came up, that there's a variety, way, way more variety, of television shows and whatnot than we had when we were growing up. Although I don't know if that matters so much. I'll say this and then I'll move on. When I was a kid, I only wanted to watch one thing over and over and over again, like most kids. I think it was a Teddy Ruxpin, uh, cartoon. That I wanted that Teddy Ruxpin doll very, very bad. I think that's one of the first things I ever just watched again and again and again. So we might think it's cool that there's variety. I don't think kids uh, give a crap at all. All right, let's move on to this. I've always wanted to set a Guinness World Record. I, I've mentioned it before. It'd be pretty cool to do it. Uh, a guy set one recently that I'd have to grow my beard out quite a bit to match Uh, He put 700 Christmas ornaments in his beard to set a record. I guess the old record was 686, so you got to go way above and beyond that. I weighed about 10 pounds, the ornaments in his beard, when he was done. Uh, But he was very proud of himself, put a photo up on social media, smiling with all the different decorations uh, hanging from him. Uh, Mostly it's just like little bells and stuff, uh, which makes sense. You could have gone rogue and done like one big one, or maybe put a star on the top of your head. I'm not really sure, Uh, but I just love the fact that this is a record at all. Because uh, it takes a long amount of commitment. He's been growing the beard out for years uh, to try to set this record. A record he's set himself before, uh, way back in 2019, at a, at a very small 302 um, different decorations. And then it was beaten a few times, so he had to keep growing the beard to get back into the game. And he's done a great job. Dedication, it's very important. Uh, I saw this story, I thought it was interesting. Not sure exactly how to talk about all of it on the air. So we'll do it the delicate way. And then luckily we got a break coming up in just a bit. But this is being shared all over the place. A guy went into a hospital in, in France and he was complaining about pain. When they took a look, apparently he had something, well, uh, lodged in a place that you shouldn't have things lodged. But what was actually there was probably the bigger reason that this story has gone viral. Uh, the guy had a World War I explosive Again, in a a place the sun doesn't shine, a place you should not uh, put stuff. Uh, So they actually had to call a bomb squad in to help them before the doctors then could remove the thing. I wonder what kind of conversation you have at every stage, like every profession in their break room dealing with this individual and this story. The doctors haven't seen anything like this before. Uh, One doctor was quoted in a news story as saying, we've seen certain stuff. Apple, mango, uh, can of shaving cream uh, before, but we've never seen a potentially active explosive. That's new uh, for us. And then actually even the bomb squad people, I wonder how they chat at their lunch break about how that's the first time they've ever been called to a hospital to deal with a situation quite like that. Uh, by the way, those experts, the, the bomb people, uh, they said there was very little risk of that uh, explosive going off inside the guy. That is a phrase they said. So that's out there in the world. Um, One question haunts a lot of people, myself included, and I don't want the answer to it. Why was that thing where it was? How did it get there? How did it get there? How did it get there? I would say that over and over again. But again, if I was anywhere near that dude, I would not want an answer out of that question. And look at that. Out of time on the segment. Can't talk about this anymore. Uh, It's out there all over the place, though. So if you want more details, you can look yourself. A quick break, a lot more. Craig Collins filling in on the Chad Benson Show.
3: The Chad Benson Show.
0: independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson.
1: This is the Chad Benson Show. My name is Craig Collins filling in. Chad is back after the holidays. Uh, So this has gone viral over the last few hours. MSNBC finally decided to start reporting from the border themselves. They sent someone down there. Uh, The report itself is interesting because it's similar to the things you've been hearing already, Uh, things you've been hearing for a while from, say, a lot of Republicans MSNBC certainly leans hard to the left. Uh, So now I think this coverage is actually going to be designed to do one thing and one thing only, try to convince Republicans to put um, their names on pieces of paper to throw money at a problem, which doesn't actually say stop the problem from continuing or getting worse and worse and worse, which it's already been doing. Uh, Some of this reporting could have been done months ago. Uh, But here there's a couple pieces of it. First, the overwhelming chaos That exists there. This is their words. Here we go.
4: Really what we're seeing here is a city that is overwhelmed and in chaos. These families behind me here, these are some of the lucky ones. We're inside a shelter, but a lot of shelters are overwhelmed. I just came from the streets this morning. There are hundreds of people sleeping in the airports, at bus stations, on the streets. And it's actually really cold here. It was 33 degrees when we woke up this morning. Migrants were huddling together under blankets for warmth. Because even though Title 42 hasn't lifted yet, so many people have been able to come across, not every nationality. Gets expelled. But we just spoke to people at this shelter here. Ruben Garcia, who runs this shelter, who says, look, already there are people sleeping on the streets. The numbers that will be sleeping on the streets if Title 42 lifts is unfathomable.
1: It's unfathomable. And that's MSNBC saying that if Title 42 goes away, the people on the streets will just explode. And it's already all over the place. They're even showing video in the background. I know this is radio of just block after block where people are sleeping. And so I asked the same question I was asking the other day about this. How is this the humanitarian solution to the problem at the border to just leave it open uh, in a way that so many people know about it, that they're showing up and, and coming here and then just trying to hope that we have some sort of solution in place to help them? Uh, That's what a lot of people sleeping on the streets of El Paso right now are doing. And the Democratic mayor there has declared a state of emergency, something they said they he said he wouldn't do until it got to the point where it was absolutely necessary to do it. So it's very interesting to think about the place we're in now and why other solutions don't make sense to some still uh, as far as fixing the problem, stopping the problem, uh, discouraging people. From coming here, deterrence are an important part of life in order to help us not get to situations like the one we're in now. But here, a little bit more from MSNBC, the most significant thing they said just kind of casually. And I think the most significant thing because of uh, how often this is sort of denied by the politicians uh, in uh, Washington and wherever, uh, all the different Democratic politicians, certainly not the people in Texas uh, talking about this. But here we go. We were even
4: able to see, as of last night, a lot of migrants just crossing and migrants I spoke to this morning saying they haven't had any interaction with U.S. immigration authorities. They just walked right in. They just
1: walked right in. No interaction at all with any sort of authority. Just, hey, uh, we're here now. We're on the streets. And there's a lot of other people uh, here on the streets, too. And what are we supposed to do? I guess we're just going to sleep here until someone tells us what else uh, we're supposed to do. This is bad. This is a bad problem uh, that's only going to get worse. I laugh because of how ridiculous it is that some people need to be convinced it's bad if you wonder why I I cracked up as I said that. Uh, But it is uniquely, uniquely bad and something that if Title 42 specifically goes away, uh, goes the wrong direction even faster. And so to keep saying, and I'll be a broken record about this if I have to be, uh, that all that they're going to do in the White House or in the government right now is, is figure out a way to throw more money at the problem, uh, they've been doing that for a while. And actually, you know what, one other thing, it's, it's sort of on topic, I guess it's a little bit different. Uh, I think that this is a great example of how this administration has operated in so many different ways. Uh, you take a situation that's already sort of a problem – And then you somehow figure out a way to pour gasoline on the problem to make it exponentially worse. In the case of, say, inflation, uh, our supply chain issues, all the different things that caused the financial struggle that the last couple of years have been trying to recover from the pandemic. um, To decide to go after oil and gas energy at that time is to try to, you know, just throw a match and see what else uh, happens, because that's the absolute wrong time if there's ever a right time to attack an industry that can so significantly impact the cost of everything, uh, not just your day-to-day heating of your home, but everything, transportation, of product, all those different dollar amounts creep up and up and up. And then you show up at the grocery store and everything you're paying for is all of a sudden twice or three times as expensive as it was a few years ago. Uh, that is adding um, you know, another set of, of I guess, uh, blocks of wood to the fire. And so this is the same thing that could be happening now. And finally, even places like MSNBC are saying, hey, we sent somebody here. This is bad. Oh, by the way, this is pretty funny. Uh, I hope it's funny to you. It's definitely funny to me. The reason that uh, President Biden has now said that he's not willing to go to the border, because it's changed. It's been that it's ta- it's challenging, it's difficult, you can't figure that kind of thing out easily. Uh, now the reason he's not going, according to some, is that he doesn't want to create a traffic jam. You know, because when the president goes places, uh, you got to bring your whole... Uh, uh, Situation: You got to bring all the different uh, vehicles to get you around, to get all your people around, your caravan. And when you do that, all of a sudden, well, people can't get around so easily. I don't know if traffic is the biggest of concerns in places like El Paso, where there are people sleeping on streets throughout the city uh, and they need help. And honestly if there's no better demonstration i said i was done but i can't be done now i'll be done after this if there's no better demonstration that politicians did need to start say sending people to sanctuary cities to places that uh, claim that they are welcoming and open and anyone can come and and don't worry we have the resources to help Uh, the reason that those states especially texas was doing all that is because of this because that's really the only solution left if uh, the president refuses to change any sort of um uh policies in order to prevent so many people from coming in to a city like El Paso, then you, you have to figure out a way to move those individuals somewhere else because you can't have people literally dying on the street, uh, which is a report I was talking about earlier this week uh, that my wife saw. My wife is from Mexico uh, reading some sort of Spanish language publication. And when I first started to talk about it a couple of days on the radio, I was getting notes from some people telling me that's not true. It's not true. It's not happening. Now MSNBC is out there uh, talking about how bad things are. Uh, so whether or not it's happening feels like every single day there's more and more of a of a uh, reason to believe all of that reporting. All right, here, let's go to this. Uh, this is Dr. Anthony Fauci. Uh, just quick, a little bit of a reaction from him, a question he's asked about um, all the people who, who idolize him, who celebrate him. Uh, I love a part of what he says here uh, because – and I'll, I'll say this. I'll put this out uh, honestly. I haven't always been – a person that that attacks Fauci as much as others do, I actually really don't think that the problem was Fauci himself. And what I mean by that is that, of course, the things he said, the way he carried himself when he believed to be science come to life as a human being, all those are problems. But it was really the platform he was given. And whether that was by the media, uh, by whatever politicians it was that propped him up, uh, he gave a unique set of, of suggestions If they were fact and they were not fact, and then he got fairly full of himself uh, in the process. A lot of, I think, people would probably do that, behave that way. And that's why you don't just hand the platform or hand the powers of, say, the presidency off in certain situations to others. Uh, But here's what Fauci said about those who idolize him.
2: It's nice that some people, you know, idolize me and put me up on a pedestal
1: but i don't get impressed by that I, never... I know he's not impressed by it it's not something that i care it's nice when somebody puts me on a pedestal if i walk into someone's home and up on the mantle is a big giant photo of me with some candles around it that's nice that's cute i feel good about that but honestly it's not important <laughs> that's insane uh, and i know he was trying to say the humility version the the no 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 I don't I don't care about how much people like me or not. That's not what's important. What's important is is telling everybody how to live their lives correctly, uh, according to my my. And then actually my other favorite part about Dr. Fauci, uh, for those who very much have seen him from the beginning as someone who probably shouldn't uh, be as as big of a focal point for so much of the coverage as he was. But my other favorite thing about him is just how he's unwilling now to admit any of the things he said was, were wrong, uh, even as data and whatnot comes out demonstrating that they were. Uh, whether it's things about masks, whether it's things about the vaccine, uh, there's so many different moments where someone could literally confront Dr. Fauci, and some have, uh, with some of that information, or even just a simple question, like, do you regret anything you've done uh, during your time uh, working in government and Fauci says, no, Uh, it's the arrogance in those moments too, that really I think gets to so many people uh, because I think it creates a person who does have one set of beliefs and is unwilling to, to even factor in other ideas, even when other people who've had uh, valuable positions, let's say in medicine within our government are saying very different things from a Dr. Fauci. Uh, One last thing and then I'll take a break. I thought this was interesting. Fingerprint images may now be able to predict whether or not uh, someone would be um, psychotic, uh, whether or not it could predict things like schizophrenia. Uh, these are valuable, I guess, as far as doctors are concerned. Uh, the results suggest that it is a a diagnostic tool to take your fingerprint and then to look at it and see, hey, wait a minute, you have signs with 68% accuracy, by the way, if the, re- uh, the right thumb is the finger used. Ah, uh, 68% accuracy as to whether or not some of those things are are potentially possible. I'm sure a whole lot of people who just heard me said that got really scared of the idea of say the government asking for your fingerprints because they want to make sure you're not crazy, and then telling you whether when they look at the fingerprints, up, ah, nope, you're one of the crazy ones. Sorry, we're going to have to do this. I'm not saying that's what I'm seeing in this. I just I know I'm hearing that narrative from some of my friends that I I would talk to about this. Uh, but how interesting, at least that some scientists are claiming. Uh, that they can figure out, and I think this is out of Barcelona, by the way, it's not here, uh, that they can figure out whether or not you'd be susceptible to certain things. So everybody who does palm reading, they might be onto something, is essentially what science just said. Uh, so go ahead. Next time you're somewhere and you see uh, a psychic, uh, just try it out. I'm not saying it's definitely correct, but I guess if they're using the right uh, algorithms, 68% of the time, it works every time. Quick break, a lot more. Craig Collins filling in on The Chad Benson Show.
4: I am not a terrorist. I am not Antifa. I am not a sex slave that wears masks.
3: <gasps> Don't be a cutie pie.
0: Probably sit around and cook some soups and eat bread and desserts and just get all fat and sassy. You're
1: ruining my life, but You haven't seen anything yet!
0: You're listening to The Chad Benson Show.
1: This is The Chad Benson Show. My name is Craig Collins filling in, thrilled to be with you. Lots of stuff to talk about, as I always say. I love this. Uh, A person went viral on social media uh, because she said she got toe shortening surgery. She got a toe-shortening procedure. Uh, she put up pictures of her feet because, of course, on social media. And a lot of people said that she now looks like she has gremlin feet. They don't look like human feet. Uh, I don't know why uh, this person, who, by the way, is from Florida. I don't know if that's shocking to anyone. I uh, thought they needed toe-shortening surgery specifically. Uh, but sometimes I feel like what happens in our society now, and probably always did but maybe got even worse now, is like you look at some part of you, uh, some part of your body, and you wonder how um, you know, you've know you ever lived with yourself this way and how, how easy it would be to just have it changed. And so you go in and you tell some doctor, hey, I need to have uh, toe shortening surgery. My toes are way too long. And then the doctor says, yes. They're like, I'll take that sweet, delicious money. No problem. It'll be fine because uh, this obviously wasn't a necessary procedure uh, for a whole lot of people. I, I can't think unless you have like a, a serious medical reason for it uh, that someone would go about it. Uh, but my favorite part, and this is maybe the thing that's that's meanest, I don't know, uh, is that she's upset that people are making fun of her or little tootsies, uh, is what they're calling them uh, now because of how short she made them. And she's the one who brought this self upon her. And I don't mean just getting the surgery. I mean, putting everything up on social media as well. I don't know why anyone in their right mind would go to social media, put up anything at all, and hope for good things to happen. I know they do. I know some people get a whole lot of likes and compliments and and happy things uh, that pop up. But you're putting your um, self-confidence, self-worth, whatever you want to say, in the hands of complete strangers that do not care about you at all. Uh, when they make fun of your gremlin feet. So that's out there. That's in the world. I feel bad for her, I guess. Uh, Kind of a little bit amused. Uh, This story too, I I thought was interesting. So a mother is complaining. uh, She sent her kid to uh, grade school. It was picture day. I didn't even know they still did picture day. I I don't have any kids. So I just figured we would all take cell phone photos or something, I don't know. But I guess you still get sent home with a picture every year. Uh, So her kid, uh, he's uh, young. I think he's only about like eight years old, missing his two front teeth. Uh, One of those adorable moments when uh, kids have those teeth fall out. And then for a little while uh, before the adult teeth grow in, you look kind of silly. So mom is upset that he took the photo. He did the big smile and some photographer decided to Photoshop in a teeth so that they weren't uh, missing. This happened in California. I would be mad too. Like I I get what the woman's saying about why, why did anyone decide to do this without even asking my permission, just throwing the teeth in there. I don't know what photographer thought that like, well, this is an important photo. Let's go ahead and add some teeth because it's way better if you have a crazy photo of you as a kid that you can show off for years and years and years. I remember I had one when I was in second grade. I wasn't missing any teeth. But for some reason, right before the photo was taken to me, I did the eyebrow up like the rock move. And I don't even think the rock was popular then. I just did it. It just sort of happened. And it became one of the favorite photos of me for my family. Uh, my mother would tell girlfriends about it, how you needed to see that photo of me in second grade. So I feel like the mom is most upset because she lost out on the opportunity to embarrass her child for the foreseeable future when he is an adult. Uh, and also, I guess, because they, they do have another photo of him. I, it would have been, you know, the typical thing you see when a kid is is missing teeth. It's cute. I, I don't think it's so bad. So I don't know why the photographer hated it so much. I saw this story, I thought it was uh, an interesting, almost PSA. I guess there's a, a product, a highball glass, supposed to be like a fancy uh, glassware thing you would buy for yourself. Uh, it's on sale at Kmart, uh, so it costs a little under $5 for an everyday highball glass. I'm not going to uh, throw out anything more about it, because uh, this is only a few anecdotal stories. But apparently, if you save money on your fancy glassware for your fancy drinks, Uh, It might be a bad decision. Apparently, they're shattering. Uh, People are needing surgery or stitches, at least. Uh, People have had glass just in their mouth halfway through a drink. Uh, Essentially, this is the PSA. If you want to buy a fancy, unique kind of glassware uh, for your uh, drinking, uh, do not buy it for $4.50 from a place like Kmart. Do not save there. Uh, Spend a little extra money to make sure that it's not something that's going to, at some point, fall apart there's a bunch of photos of people on social media too uh sharing like the the slashed glass in the sink kind of thing so it's the smashed version of it so it's just out there it's a warning uh you don't have to go fancy glass if you want to drink your alcohol you can drink it in really any cup at all i know some of the purists out there will say that certain liquors certain drinks need to be in certain glasses Uh, they just don't drink enough no i'm kidding Uh, and it's fine if you want it just again i'd say spend a little extra one other quick one uh, that I thought was interesting out there too. A guy was complaining. He was part of a secret Santa at work. Uh, so he decided to go bold uh, for the female coworker that he was getting something for, and he got her an Apple Watch. He got a like Series 3, though, I guess, which is older dated. So it was cheaper and more reasonable as a secret Santa gift at work. The woman actually was upset. Uh, He gave it to her. She looked at it. She complained and gave it back to him and said that she was hoping for the newest one, the Series 8, not the Series 3. The guy was livid, went to social media, and everybody agreed with him that that person was ungrateful because how could you demand a better thing than the thing you just got as a random gift from a coworker in a secret Santa? Uh, maybe he found it at a deep discount, so it was in with whatever, whatever the spending amount was. I would be thrilled by that. You could even sell it, I guess, and use it as a down payment to your uh, Series 8 if it's tremendously more expensive. Uh, but he said that when did it stop happening? When did people stop believing the idea that, you know, it, the thought that counts sort of thing? And I agree. Quick break, a lot more. Craig Collins filling in on The Chad Benson Show.
0: is The Chad Benson Show.
1: This is the Chad Benson Show. My name is Craig Collins filling in. Thrilled to be with you. Lots of stuff to talk about, as always. I thought this was pretty funny, though. Uh, Lisa Kennedy, uh, Fox Business's Kennedy, uh, opened a segment talking about the Stanford list of banned words uh, in pretty good fashion, Um, making quite a few jokes, including even celebrating the fact that her alma mater uh, beat Stanford this year in football. But I want to play a little bit of this, because not only is the list ridiculous and have people continue to react Uh, so significantly to it. Uh, But there's so much mockery in here that I just couldn't handle at least giving you a taste.
4: Darling, do you call yourself an American? Well, according to Stanford University, that's bad. Yeah, the elite (laughs) California school. Idiots. (laughs) We beat you in football this year. Putting out a guide to get rid of, quote, harmful language that includes terms administrators consider racist, ableist, ageist, and more. The index also includes suggested (laughs) replacements. According to Uh the index... Use unenlightened instead of tone-deaf. Sure. And a person who has immigrated for (laughs) immigrants. And use a person without housing for homeless.
1: Look, I've talked about this before, um, and I'll probably keep saying it. I am a millennial, so I I think I can get into the mind of the woke. I think that there are things about me that probably uh, some other people would say are somewhat woke. But the only reason I, I I believe uh, any of that makes and it doesn't actually make sense, but like makes sense as far as how we get to the places we get to is people do go in with good intentions. They go in with the intention of wanting to support everybody, like everybody, care about every opinion. It's just not possible. We just can't actually achieve the goal set out. And so then these ridiculous things occur where you're telling me that I can no longer say the word homeless. Somehow that's bad. I have to say a person without housing. I don't know how long people want like a conversation to last. Uh, Because you'd have to use all these different, very long versions of descriptions for just very simplistic things for everything you want to say in order to, again, be actually woke. But what I mean, again, I want to make sure I explain this well. I don't want anyone to hear this and be like, "Whoa, that guy who fills in for Chad sometimes says he's a woker. He's he's uh, killing people or whatever it is, uh, eliminating people on social media, um, uh, not killing them, uh, but you know, uh, canceling them." That's where I was going. Um, what I what I mean by that is that I, I do think, at the end of the day, if there's any young person you know in your life that you have conversations with uh, that is adamant about all these different things that seem silly and ridiculous and unnecessary in society, uh, they have some good intention somewhere in there. Uh, It's just been destroyed uh, by all these other things that they have now, these expectations that everyone just listens to them, that whatever they want, whatever they think is what matters, and nobody else's thoughts matter as much as theirs do on anything, Uh, so that no matter what you say or how you say it, uh, the job of someone else is to appease you, uh, not the other way around. All right, let's play this. This is a little bit of audio from Corinne Jean-Pierre. Uh, The White House uh, press secretary uh, talking about people just walking across the border. uh, Something we're seeing, MSNBC, one of the many places showing us that. Um, She obviously is going to tell us "That's that's not a thing. That doesn't just happen.
4: It is not that simple. It's not just that people are walking uh, across uh, across the border. We were even able to see, as of last <laughs> night, a lot of migrants just crossing and migrants I spoke to this morning saying they haven't had any interaction with U.S. immigration authorities. They just walked right in.
1: Is, they're just here now. Uh, but that's not a thing that doesn't occur. And what we need to do is just make sure to cut as many checks as possible to make this whole uh, situation go away. Uh, again, I don't know if I, I need to talk about it uh, time and again on this show, but I, I feel like I have to. Uh, just because of how important this story is and how little it seems to be something that matters to a, a large majority of our press here. Uh, but the, the problem with the border right now is only getting worse and worse and worse. And those reports, those uh, demonstrations of just how easy it is to get across, uh, of course, I think will have value to anyone that's contemplating coming here. Uh, and that's something they were saying about uh, Republicans a little while ago, by the way, is that even talking about it, even saying how easy it is uh, to get it done is is likely to make things worse, not better. Uh, what actually fixes the problem is, I don't know, fixing the problem is figuring out a way in which you actually decide uh, to care and not just continue to wait and try to avoid uh, this issue as much as humanly possible. Uh, I want to keep talking about Elon Musk a little bit just because it's it's hard not to as well today. Uh, the fact that he put the poll up and said that he'd step down from Twitter, and then if a lot of people voted a certain way, of course, he actually would do it. Uh, that definitely happened. Uh, and a lot of people, I think, assumed that Elon would know that. A lot of other people thought, ah, maybe he just did that by accident. But he's now responded a couple more times uh, to that poll he put up on social media, uh, saying that when he finds the right person, uh, he will step down. He will keep uh, control of software and server teams in order to have... I think, control of some of the more important things that happen at Twitter. Uh, but even just the way in which he's been handling, say, uh, putting mass different things that people can vote on up on his social media platform, it, it does seem valuable. Uh, he even had a tweet up, I think, yesterday about the $1.7 trillion omnibus spending bill and whether or not people should actually uh, tell their, their representatives to vote against it. Should Congress approve it, yes or no? What's interesting about that one And it's got um, a very small amount of time left, I think, where people can still vote on it, is that it's overwhelmingly no. And so if Twitter is capable of getting a consensus opinion from the public on anything, uh, this one seems to have more value than even the should Elon give up Twitter one. Uh, Because two and a half million people voted, not a whole lot of people, I guess, uh, but it's overwhelmingly a no. And so if what the people in Congress, what the people in power are doing doesn't represent what the American people want, how do we fix that system? How does that system change? What about it gets better? Uh, he also did say, by the way, in a tweet following the, um, the poll itself, I'm in favor of small spending bill to keep us running, but common sense suggests that it will be at least uh, an amount required through the holidays. Uh, I wish, and I believe this too, and I think a lot of people do that the government would operate in a way where they just fund the little things. They don't see these big budget fights as opportunities to cram in as many additional spending options as humanly possible to do all the things they shouldn't be doing, uh, you know, in ways that are hidden from the American people. But I just, again, I I really am moved more uh, than anything by Elon Musk's desire and "moved" might be a little bit strong of a word to actually continue to use uh, Twitter as a hive mind Platform, and I think the only real mistake he's making. Uh, and then I'll move on from this topic. But I do think the only big mistake he is making is putting all these up on just his own account. He's got over a hundred something, hundred and twenty million uh, people. Uh, but there should be a way for everyone who just logs into Twitter to answer a poll, uh, to not have to go to any one specific account to do it. Uh, that's something they should be working on. And then he can publish the results of those polls, or you can even see them as you go. Because uh, that would make this even more interesting, I think, as a social media platform to so many, um, because it would be more than just you sharing your opinion, shouting it to the world, similar to the way that the awoke people want you to just listen to them and actually show you what people think on a wide variety of topics as a collective. All right, I want to move on. I think this is interesting. It's being played a lot. Uh, Biden did say back in, I think this was April, uh, that he was for getting rid of Title 42. Uh, Title 42, of course, is what would make the situation at the border tremendously worse, Uh, a situation that even MSNBC is now admitting is really, really bad, as you heard a bit ago. Uh, I think it's interesting that we can find these moments and play these pieces of audio because Title 42 will inevitably still go away. Uh, The situation at the border will inevitably still get worse, even with the Supreme Court delaying it the way that it has. Uh, But you should not be convinced anyone out there listening, anyone out there that follows the day-to-day of any of this stuff, uh, that the politicians are being honest when they tell you that it's ah oh, it's it's a government ruling or it's a you know a legal thing we have to follow. It's not us uh, because there's it's easy to find the tape of when they said they feel exactly the opposite way. Here we go.
2: President, back on the border, uh, Title Forty Two. A number of your Democratic friends are are pressuring the White House to maintain that policy.
4: Can you give us a straight answer whether you're going to whether you're going to heed that request or you're going to get rid of it?
2: I can give you a straight answer. We had proposed to eliminate that policy uh, by the end of May. The the court has said we can't so far. And what the court says we're going to do, the court could come along and say we cannot do that. And that's it.
1: (laughs) That's it. It's over. We're not going to, don't worry, we don't care anymore about it. But Title 42 is something, again, uh, that they very much want to see go away, which is just reckless, reckless spending, reckless running of our, our country, Uh, so many different situations where if you're just paying attention you don't have to be on any side of the aisle uh, what you see is not something that a lot of people like and again not to um, repeat it too often but even that poll from elon uh, talking about the 1.7 trillion in spending uh, demonstrates the american people have consensus opinions uh, they're not reflected in our leadership quick break a lot more craig collins filling in on the chad benson show
0: Do what you know how to do, because when you do what
4: you do, what you know how to do.
2: What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard.
4: And then they passed us a baton. And the question
0: is, what will we do with the time we carry the baton?
2: You either smoking something, or are you just dumb as hell. Who doesn't love a yellow school bus?
0: What? Oh, my God. Get your ass on that school
1: bus
0: and go home. I call myself a joyful warrior. The Chad Benson Show.
1: That's right. This is the Chad Benson Show. My name is Craig Collins filling in. Thrilled to be with you. Lots of stuff, as always, to discuss. Uh, One in five young people are in debt, Uh, not just in debt, but actually in debt that is in collections. Uh, 18 to 24 year olds Uh, in uh, a lot of different communities are actually struggling with this quite a bit. Uh, Americans across the board are actually struggling with credit card debt as well um, because, well, things have been kind of tricky for quite some time. I wonder if an aspect here, and I'm not trying to say that the uh, young people themselves are excusable in being in debt that becomes uh, debt that's in collections. Uh, That's bad money management. We all know that. Uh, But I wonder if one of the problems here is the whole student loan thing and how crazy it's gotten and what I mean by that is not just that the uh, cost to go to college is insane, and that a lot of young people will sign uh, documents saying that they're going to give back a tremendous amount of money, and then they major in things that do not make that money in lifetimes. Uh, but it's not just that. It's even the, the policy making, the policy decisions of this administration to try to mass forgive uh, student loan debt. I wonder if people will just start to expect that, like someone that's uh, going to go to school excuse me, going to go to school in the next few years or someone that's getting uh, a whole bunch of credit card debt, Uh, maybe they think, hey, if we're all doing it, uh, the government will eventually forgive it. They'll just throw uh, money at this problem. Uh, But one in five young people have uh, debt that is actually in collections, which is the uh, worst kind of situation to find yourself in in the world of finances. Uh, Just quickly, I should mention this, and I'll mention it, I guess, uh, more throughout the day today, Uh, but there is going to be a historic blizzard throughout most of the Midwest. Uh, This is likely to cause a lot of different uh, headaches for people that are traveling uh, for the holiday season, because one of the places hit uh, pr- potentially fairly bad by this storm will be Chicago. Uh, Chicago is o- obviously a place where a lot of people fly through if you're not actually flying to. Uh, so I think there's already been delays and canceling of flights and people dealing with problems at airports uh, throughout the country. Uh, it is likely to to only get worse over the next few days. I don't know if anyone will try to travel a different way, uh, say by road uh, through the blizzard. Uh, that's not advised for anyone traveling in certain areas throughout our country. But it's just, it's just interesting to me, again, uh, to see that we're already dealing with all these flights, these cancellations and whatnot, um, because people do often ask for a white Christmas. And a lot of places, you're definitely going to get it. Uh, but you're going to get it at a cost that's probably pretty significant. Um, probably still worth it. I don't know. As you're sitting there without traveling anywhere and just uh, being home, uh, maybe it's not all that bad uh, for those who decide to skip uh, that kind of travel. Uh, I saw this story out of the U.K., uh, that apparently there is an ambulance strike going on right now. That ambulance workers uh, are refusing to to go to work, which is causing some unique challenges and problems uh, there. Uh, so you have uh, television stations that are actually telling people to not play contact sports for the next few days until this strike is over. Uh, you actually have the uh, government itself telling people not to drink, which I love. I love that one. Hey guys, look, the ambulance—they're striking. They don't want to work. They're not really available. So this is what we need you guys to do uh someone even said stay indoors uh, which sounds very similar to the reaction to the pandemic i'm not sure that people will love that uh but don't do crazy stuff no no um football game during the holiday season i uh, don't do anything like that and please if possible just uh don't really drink at all because we know those are the ones who get injured and wind up in the ambulances i'm not even saying like it's inaccurate information uh and if there was an ambulance strike in my own community Uh, I might even follow some of those tips. They're just kind of crazy tips to be thrown out there as a solution to that problem. Uh, I saw this story. Uh, The cloud might run out of space. Uh, We all send all our stuff to the cloud. Everybody's got uh, stuff in the cloud. I have a friend who thinks the cloud is actually up in the clouds, which I love a lot. Every time he talks to me about the cloud, he points upward uh, toward it. And I I don't think he knows what he's doing there. Uh, But scientists are scrambling to prevent a global data shortage crisis. Uh, is what they're saying. Apparently, servers around the world could soon face a massive data crunch uh, thanks to the mind-blowing amount of information uh, people digitally store every single day. Uh, I think one of the problems is probably the amount of photos you try to take in order to get just the right one. Uh, If you know anybody that does that, takes like 7,000 photos and then just has... And actually, my favorite thing too, uh, this is a little bit uh, silly, but it's definitely real. I had a a newer friend, uh, my wife and I just met a couple recently, Uh, that wanted to take a bunch of photos. She's one of those people, and she's very nice. She's lovely. I'm not trying to complain about her, Uh, but she also kept complaining to us, and I'm sort of known as a guy that knows more about technology uh, than most of my group of friends, that her phone is always out of storage. She's like, it's always out of storage. I don't know what's going on. And so she asked me if I could look at it, handed me her phone. I opened up the photo app, which is sometimes a gamble, uh, but I told her I was doing it, and I just saw 75,000 of the same photo Every like it's just it's just scroll after scroll of like 75 selfies, 82 different photos of them standing in front of something. Uh, and so I was like, I think you need to delete some of this. I think some of this can go. Uh, so maybe in order to f- solve the cloud data storage problem, uh, we can appoint someone as like the master of, of the data who goes through and deletes a lot of the same thing over and over again that I bet you a whole lot of people have. Uh, but i I just loved it she was so kind of nice and friendly about the fact that she couldn't figure out why her phone was out of data or out of storage all the time and her husband who i I think probably should uh, wind up uh, helping out a little bit more in this situation was talking about how well i guess we just got to get you a new phone we just got to buy an upgrade get you another one uh no matter what phone you get no matter what situation you choose uh, someone who never deletes anything off their phone is going to fill it up that's going to be a part of the problem uh, but I think this is interesting, and I think that we'll we'll see, I guess, if everyone has to start um, rationing their storage. I'm sure chip issues and whatnot are probably also a problem there, uh, too. Uh, just real quick, one other thing that I'll mention now, probably get to a little bit later as we're just up against a break. Facial recognition software was used in a unique way by Radio City. Uh, this is a story that's all over the place. I'll tell you exactly what happened, how the Rockettes were involved. If you thought your face was ever going to be used uh, in a situation where you're going to see the rockets, uh, if you thought that could never happen, actually, guess what? It has. More details next. Craig Collins filling in on the Chad Benson Show.
2: The Chad Benson
3: Show.
0: independent thoughts independent life this is chad benson
1: this is the chad benson show my name is craig collins filling in thrilled to be with you lots of stuff to talk about uh some probably won't find all this funny they might find it even a little bit uh odd uh but certainly others will find this pretty amusing uh Rand paul has put out a brand new version of twas the night before christmas uh he actually goes with twas the week before christmas and he's talking quite a bit About the omnibus, the ridiculous $1.7 trillion spending bill uh, that politicians have been given almost no time to read. Here, let's play a little bit of this.
2: "'Twas the week before Christmas, and through the Senate and House, not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. The earmarks were hung by the chimney with care, in hopes that St. Nicholas soon would be there. The senators were nestled all snug in their beds, (laughs) while visions of pork danced in their heads." No budget was found, just mischief and debt, uh, while the taxpayers hung their poor heads and wept.
1: Yeah, no, that makes sense. A lot of that uh, feels good and makes sense so far. This is actually kind of funny, I think, to me. Uh, I wondered how many other people uh, will enjoy this, um, just because, uh, again, um, it's exactly the intention of what they're doing here. They're, they're trying to make the... The $1.7 trillion bill pass in the dead of the night or over the course of a a short amount of time just before Christmas in order to uh, stuff it with, as uh, Rand Paul said, pork. Let's get a little bit more. Rand Paul's Twas the Week Before Christmas. When out on the lawn
2: there arose such a clatter, senators sprang from their oxygen. What was the matter? (laughs) Away to the window they flew like a flash, tore open the shutters when they heard the word cash. (laughs) The moon on the breast of the new fallen snow gave the luster of midday to objects below when what to my wondering eyes should appear, but a 4,000 page Omni with endless debt year after year.
1: <laughs> it definitely is good. I think that a lot of people, as I said, will probably enjoy it. And everything he's saying is actually accurate. I wonder who came up with that idea for Rand Paul to do the, "Twas the week before Christmas. Uh, really put me in the holiday spirit. I really feel uh, very good about it. All right, let's move on. Some other things out there in the world that I saw, Uh, Biden apparently was shocked by Trump's secret Oval Office letter, uh, something that's a tradition from one president to another, according to a new book that's coming out. And not shocked in the way that maybe some would think, actually shocked in how gracious and kind it was, according to this new book. Uh, I think it's called The Fight of His Life, uh, by the way, uh, which is definitely not just about uh, this letter. Uh, I think it's very interesting because you'd heard some reports before. uh, White House Press Secretary at the time, Jen Psaki, Apparently was in the room when uh, Biden read the letter about how lovely it was. I think that some of the things that the president or the former White House press secretary said about it, how it was, you know, uh, something that was very kind. Uh, But now to hear that it was almost shockingly gracious and generous, uh, according to the former president, according to this book, uh, whether or excuse me, according to the current president, whether you believe this book or not, is to me uh, rather interesting. And this comes on the heels of all the other stuff uh, going on in Washington, uh, the January 6th committee. Uh, There's a lot going on today in the world of the activity in Washington. You've got a ridiculous spending bill that people have to sign in order to pass in time to fund the government. Uh, You have the end of that January 6th committee officially uh, trying to make as much noise as possible. Uh, You have Vladimir Zelensky flying there uh, and giving a speech today uh, to uh, politicians. Uh, What's incredibly interesting about the Zelensky story uh, and the amount of funding and how they might all tie together uh, is just how much money we'll be giving Ukraine in this latest stimulus or this latest uh, um, budget package and whether or not maybe, like, you hand the check to Zelensky as he's there in the White House. Do you think you give him, like, a Christmas card? Uh, would you put the check in the card? How does that exactly work? Uh, but also the things that Zelensky will say. And, and I've said this before, and I'll say it again, and then I'll move on to other stuff. Um, but I do think a lot of Americans, if you ask them a simplistic question— Do you want Ukraine to win in the conflict against Russia? The answer is easily yes. Everyone says yes. Uh, But then as you let that conversation evolve, uh, grow from the simple to the more uh, difficult things, uh, do you trust Ukraine to use every dollar we give them appropriately uh, for the people of Ukraine? The answer is probably no uh, for a lot of Americans who know how corrupt that country is. And is it necessarily a good idea to just be writing these blank checks all the time? Uh, A lot of people are going to probably say no to that uh, too. I saw this story, and it's certainly a lot of places, about Trump's tax returns, uh, and I think the New York Times has a big write-up about it. Uh, you know what's interesting to me, though? As far as the New York Times article goes, and I think there's probably still more to come out here, uh, if you if you even glance at it or read any of it, and I don't know how many people will, will choose to do that, uh, but if you do, uh, you'll notice that for the most part, they're kind of calling it a nothing story. Uh, at least that's my assumption on it. They continue to brag uh, within their coverage, that they had a lot of these returns before up to 2017. They didn't have a lot of the returns uh, while the former president was in office. Uh, it does have a headline that he paid $1.1 million in federal taxes uh, the first year he was a president, and then it dropped quite a bit and there were losses again. Uh, what I actually think is more interesting than even the coverage and the amount of times that the New York Times uh, themselves brag about already knowing this stuff that they're telling us about all over again but is the amount of Americans who would even even try to, to get through the complicated process of this? I actually was talking to producer Phil about this just the other day in general about uh, people, about understanding tax returns, about any of that crap. Uh, it's hard for a lot of us, I think, to to dive into someone else's tax return in general and make sense of all of it, and certainly say, and I'm not trying to say this in, in uh, intent to defend or whatever uh, the former president. But in the case of people with a lot of wealth and the way in which that wealth moves around, uh, the way in which losses in certain places may benefit you as far as your taxes go, uh, there's so many different legal things that occur there that if you're someone who wouldn't have any sense of, of dealing with that, if you're just an everyday person who doesn't have the amount of, say, one wealth or two uh, business endeavors Uh, that someone like the former president has, a lot of it will just look utterly confusing to you. Uh, So I think a lot of people would just be looking for a headline if they care at all about this. So hearing you pay a million in taxes or you you don't pay any taxes or whatever it is, we all oversimplify that. And honestly, as I read through everything in the New York Times report, uh, one of the only big questions they don't have an answer to and they think really deserves an answer is just how charitable the former president was. If all of his donations, uh, which they say predominantly were land donations, uh, when he uh, failed to develop certain things, which is probably a normal practice, uh, too, by the way, uh, for someone who acquires a property, can't use it, decides to donate it, But whether all those donations are 100% on the up and up, uh, whether the president was, as the former president, as charitable as his taxes claim him to be. You know what's interesting about that? Uh, just a question. Uh, I'll throw it out there. If it proves that he was... Uh, that Trump is a tremendously charitable individual. Do you think many news organizations would cover that? Do you think many news organizations would talk about that? My guess is no. A whole lot of places will just ignore it, uh, and there is nothing even in the New York Times report right now that indicates that they certainly believe. I think they're hinting at, but don't they don't necessarily believe right now that they have any sort of actual uh, thing. Uh, that they think is a problem there. So again, I'm sure there's a lot more to dive into, but it's just interesting uh, to see the coverage so far. And actually, speaking of news coverage, I thought this was uh, valuable. Uh, Certainly everything going on in the world of Elon Musk and Twitter has been sort of a constant conversation. Uh, You actually have several different headlines out there right now about how bad Elon Musk is, about how um, bad the work he's been doing with Twitter, et cetera. I can read some of the headlines. A New York Times one, Twitter users say, Musk must go, Uh, The Washington Post, How Elon Musk Destroyed Twitter and How to Save It. Uh, CNBC, Elon Musk's activity searching for a new CEO, sources say, uh, actively searching, excuse me. And CNN, after Twitter users voted to oust Elon Musk, he wants to change how polls work. That's some of the stuff that's out there. But what's surprisingly not covered, uh, much like I just said, I imagine if Trump is an incredibly generous guy, uh, a lot of places won't tell you that. Uh, what is not covered is all the different Twitter file reports that have been put out, even the most recent one in which that reporter said Twitter demanded nothing of him, just gave him information and told him to do whatever he wants with. Uh, but these files show FBI and the intelligence community incredibly tied to Twitter, having people from the FBI working at Twitter, whether they had quit their FBI jobs or not, I think is some, something that some might question. Uh, just report after report of significant connection And then even this one, the most recent one from Part 8, that Twitter gave special protection to Pentagon propaganda accounts. Uh, This is real. Documents show proof of this. Uh, Not just the fact that this story matters, but how is it not getting covered more places? It, It sort of continues to remind me of the weird version of coverage that's happened at the border. And I guess I'll just say this. I know there's a lot of uh, the same topics coming up uh, today, Uh, wherever you're looking for the news. It just feels like these are uh, such big things that maybe that's why they're getting talked about uh, so much. Uh, If you remember when uh, former President Trump was in office and dealt with his own uh, problem at the border and the kids in cages thing, that coverage was everywhere. I turn on my local news at night and see um, the first three stories somehow tied to the border. And now you have people that even MSNBC is admitting are sleeping on the street in El Paso and finding that story is still somehow challenging. It makes absolutely no sense. A quick break, a lot more Craig Collins filling in on the Jad Benson show.
0: Welcome to Tribal Free Radio. Information over affirmation. Facts over fiction.
1: It's ridiculous, and I want you to know that.
0: You call it ridiculous, we call it reality.
1: That's a crock.
0: Real over fake.
1: God help us.
0: You want answers? I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. The Chad Benson Show. Fighting Truth Decay The American Way
1: this is the chad benson show thrilled to have you with us lots of stuff to talk about as always uh just a couple quick holiday things i guess uh first and foremost it's going to be pretty bad there's going to be a lot of snow uh, a lot of uh, winter weather throughout the uh midwest and that's going to cause a lot of travel issues and whatnot uh, for people throughout the country but it's not as bad as the coldest place on earth Uh, i saw that nasa put this out there maybe to make people feel better about some of the cold temperatures they'll be facing Uh, the coldest place on earth in east antarctica has a current temperature of negative 135.8 degrees, negative 138.5. Uh, so no matter how bad things get, just remember they could always be worse. You could always be uh, sent off to Antarctica. I love when like my mom or someone used to say that, you know, like the the threat, whatever it is, uh, the joke is like, you're going to Antarctica. Uh, maybe that's random. Maybe nobody else. Maybe they only say that in like the spy movies and that's where it came from. Uh, but it sounds like it'd be pretty awful uh, to go to certain parts of it. Uh, this is also uh, genuinely for real, A kind of a holiday thing, although maybe a little quirky and silly. Uh, All the different places in the world that have unique holiday celebrations. Uh, Some of the most confusing ones include parts of Eastern Europe uh, where you bathe with a carp, a live fish. You put it in the bathtub with you. I don't know what about it is in celebration of the holidays. And I don't know what else is going on there. And I don't want a lot of additional information. But I guess you get in a freshwater bath and then you just throw a carp in and you just kind of... Do your regular bath thing, I guess. I don't know. I don't know why I like that story so much. In China, they, uh, they do apple art. I guess they, um, you know, don't want to do uh, pumpkins or all the things we do here. So they just uh, take really little um, equipment and paint really extravagant things onto apples, uh, which is a nice use of the product. Uh, one of the other ones I like a whole lot in Hawaii is they will have a sleigh pulled by dolphins. Uh, people can even ride in the sleigh. Uh, it sounds like a whole bunch of fun. Uh, it's almost like a, a canoe, I guess the sleigh. Um, and I don't know how well the dolphins are trained. So good luck to you. You might not be going the direction uh, you want, but that's a way to celebrate the holiday there. And actually in parts of, um, I think it is, uh, New Zealand, they actually do barbecues cause it's very nice out there. Uh, some of the nicer parts of the world also just have like beach parties and whatnot, including, I think in India, uh, that's one of the things that happens. So there you go. Uh, that stuff out there still one of my favorite ones is just, uh, you, in a bath with a carp for some reason. I wonder if anybody even knows the reason, because I don't see it there. And if you do know, I'd rather not know. I think it's better not to know. Uh, I saw this story that an AI, uh, a chat bot, is willing to do your homework for you. Uh, This is according to actually a professor at the University of Pennsylvania. Uh, There's one caveat to it. The robot will not get you an A. You would think that if you just handed your work to a computer that you're definitely going to get an A pumped back out, but that's not the case. You're going to be a BC student, most likely, if you just lean on chat GPT. Uh, that's what the robot is actually called. I wonder if the researchers did this kind of on purpose, you know, for anyone that's going to desire to cheat this way or to do things this way and just let the robot answer the questions for them. Maybe there's even, like, glaring mistakes it'll make on purpose so that you're outed as someone that gave your homework to a robot in the first place. I don't know what I like about this. Um, Uh, as much as I do, though, but it's just kind of cool. The idea is that even though you're not going to have to do any work, uh, you're not going to get as good of a grade as that kid who is definitely working every single day of the week as hard as he can to get his straight A's. Now, just other news out there. I thought this was uh, interesting. I guess it's not really all that shocking and surprising. It might be one of the indicators that things are going to go a certain way as far as economy, Uh, but house sales have tumbled again. Uh, House sales are down 7.7%. On a monthly basis in November, uh, sales were down 35.4% year-over-year, uh, marking the 10th straight month of declines. The median sale price rose 3.5% 3. to 370,700 from a year ago. Uh, I guess it's just a, quote, frozen market, according to many. Uh, sales of existing homes fell at 7.7% compared to October. So it's, it's just interesting to see how some of those different indicators of our economy and even maybe the layoffs and things we've been seeing before – uh, might be coming more and more into uh, you know, uh, being a part of the everyday life. I wanted to touch on this. I mentioned it earlier, kind of forgot to mention it again uh, just a, a moment ago. Uh, but this story is real. So this woman showed up at Radio City to try to go to a Rocket show, and I guess they used facial recognition software to kick a lawyer out. Um, it's It's kind of crazy. I guess the lawyer hates uh, certain things, and the lawyer was caught uh, by the... And I think the real big story here is not even to get into the nitty-gritty of why any of this happened, uh, but that a place like Radio City and the Rockettes use facial recognition software. I think that's been a a bigger takeaway uh, than anything else from this. Uh, Because now, and I do wonder, and maybe if the details are a certain way, sometimes we agree with it and sometimes we don't. I imagine for the vast majority of the time, we won't. Uh, but now you could show up somewhere, your face gets recognized, like, we don't want you here. We know who you are. Uh, we want you out. And actually, you know what? I, I was debating whether or not i bring this up when I talk about this topic. I can't help it. I'm assuming there's some people out there, uh, like a friend of mine, who think the same way. Uh, this is one of the reasons why a buddy of mine believes so uh, deeply that things like Facebook and Instagram uh, were uh, government operations from jump. And I don't know that I believe that. I think that the government and certainly what we've seen in the Twitter files... Uh, might um, they might jump in and try to uh, get access to as much as those social media companies are willing to give them, but all of that willingness by us, uh, the people uh, in the world, to just put our faces, to put our our images all over the internet, has allowed a whole lot of maybe countries and companies and anybody who wants it to develop a thing like this, a a facial recognition software program. That works i think it's an opportunistic thing again i don't believe in the conspiracy theories uh, my friend believes in but when you see stories like this when you see headlines where it says that facial recognition software prevented somebody from seeing the rockets uh, you can't help but wonder uh, how many more stories like this we'll see and how advanced that technology has gotten and how exactly they built it i think that's probably the most important one uh, one last thing and i'll probably talk about this more if i remember in a bit uh, but there's a guy who went viral on the Internet because he claims back in 2016 he went to hell. That's right. He he went to e- eternal damnation for a little bit and then got uh, freed, I guess. His name is Gerald Johnson, uh, and he is telling us all what it was like uh, to be um, in the place where the devil is from. Uh, a lot of interesting stories are uh, coming out of that. And for some reason, uh, not all that shocking, his account has gone viral because why not? All you have to do is turn on a camera, uh, talk to it and tell people that you went to hell one time and you're going to get a bunch of clicks and then actually also facially recognized and kicked out of a Rockets concert. Uh, More after this. Craig Collins filling in on the Chad Benson Show.
0: independent life. This is Chad Benson.
1: This is the Chad Benson show. My name is Craig Collins filling in thrilled to be with you. Lots and lots of stuff to talk about. One of the first things I think has a bunch of importance though is uh, this conversation continued conversation about the border. Uh, I think it's interesting that it's taken so long for say other media Uh, To start talking about this, but even MSNBC now is having uh, reporters go and discuss this. And one of them, one of my favorite things that's been put up on the Internet recently is putting uh, what Corinne Jean-Pierre said recently uh, next to what they said on MSNBC reporting on this issue. Uh, Let's roll the tape on both of these.
4: It is not that simple. It's not just that people are walking uh, across uh, across the border. We were even able to see, as of last night, a lot of migrants just crossing and migrants I spoke to this morning saying they haven't had any interaction with U.S. immigration authorities. They just walked right in. (laughs)
1: That's literally exactly what you said wasn't happening. It's so interesting, again, to think about how how crazy things are getting at the border and how. Uh, The solution for the left is going to be just write a check and send a bunch of money that direction. And the solution from the right is going to hopefully be, uh, can we actually do something about this? Can we actually add a deterrent uh, to this situation? Uh, Something else out there that I think is interesting. uh, This is Josh Hawley. He's been saying a a sentiment of this for the last couple of days. Uh, He popped up on Tucker Carlson's show last night to say it again, Uh, especially a message for young people. Uh, He believes that if you're on the left or if you're someone who uh, thinks and And says certain things, uh, there's maybe a lot of ways in which you're not really living your life uh, to its fullest. Let's let Josh explain.
3: Yeah, well, I think that's because the liberal culture, what the message to young people is, the most you can aspire to in life is to be a consumer who sits in a cubicle in front of a computer all day and doesn't ask any questions, and doesn't do anything meaningful with your life. And what we need to say to young men and young women, too, is just the opposite. Aspire to be something more than a consumer. And for young men, aspire to be something more than a consumer pornography. Aspire to actually create something in your life, like create a family, for instance. That is the the single greatest act of rebellion, if you like, against the liberal culture that is, that is suppressing people's desires, that is suppressing their potential, <laughs> Make is to a go family. out and actually engage in real relationships, get married, have a family, have kids, have your own ideas, and be, be a responsible member of society. I mean-
1: uh, I really love uh, one thing at the tail end of their, uh, that um, comment, too. Have your own ideas. Uh, stop jumping online or um, talking to whatever group of people you talk to and figuring out what your ideas are supposed to be. I feel like a lot of people do that now. I feel like there are a lot of individuals who, uh, no matter what it is that they're getting their information from, if it's the Internet or, or whatever other means they're going about it, um, they then adopt those opinions because they think they're the quote-unquote right ones, not because they actually want to sit down and contemplate for themselves if they truly agree with this, if there's any reason as you dive deeper into something to understand it better. Uh, One example I can give for how that's somewhat uh, similar way of thinking in conversations I've even had uh, more recently is I had a conversation with someone, and this was a weird thing for the person to bring up, uh, about uh, critical race theory and about how easy it is for some to, say, oversimplify it, uh, to talk about it in certain terms, in certain ways, uh, to make it sound like a good thing or even a bad thing uh, in the world of our, our society today. Uh, and I just simply objected back with a, a version of a question uh, that I think they hear a lot that a lot of people get, which is, is that really important stuff to be teaching children in general? Because you can, in some ways, find an avenue to have a conversation uh, that cuts through some of that. Uh, but what I'm really trying to say is that I think the, the nuance of all of these different things that we talk about uh, matters, the nuance of, say... Uh, when someone asks you to behave a certain way uh, because they think it's the appropriate woke way to be. Uh, but when that demand goes further and further into the extreme and the crazy uh, and you start to think to yourself, wait a minute, I can't do all this. I can't act this way all the time uh, that you want me to, because it's just not, it's not even human. I uh, like the thing at of Stanford and the, the words that are no longer allowed, including the word American. Uh, you get everyone in a room where they're trying to figure out, Uh, what the best possible way to live is, and they create so many rules that it's actually impossible to live at all. Um, I want to play this audio. This is uh, Glenn Youngkin talking about banning TikTok and WeChat from government phones in Virginia. Uh, It's not the only state that has done this. It's obviously a very valuable conversation, though, because of how easy it is for the Chinese government to still spy on you uh, using those apps, to still spy on, of course, our government officials as well
4: big move by you in your state uh when it comes to signing an executive order now banning TikTok one of 17 states now currently taking action against the Chinese app why did you make this decision governor
1: well let's just be clear it's TikTok and WeChat they're a threat to national security they're a threat to our intelligence apparatus they're in th- they're a threat to the confidential information of all Virginians and all Americans and so we have banned it from all state devices and state networks. I would ask all governors to follow the lead here. I would ask for Congress to get moving. I don't, again, understand why we keep playing footsie with this. It's, t- <laughs> it's time to act. It's time to move. It's time to decide that the uh, ways in which um, that uh, country and that government is obtaining information on everyone, not just government officials in our country but everyone everywhere in the world that uses the app and here's the thing i'll say uh and i guess this is the millennial speaking i understand how tiktok is fun i understand that part of it that when you talk about something that's popular that a lot of young people use to watch a lot of silly videos on that that's literally what essentially the internet is for so many people it's a place to go waste a few hours by falling into say like a youtube hole or something, whatever it might be. Uh, but you don't want the spying. That's that's a bad part. That's a negative part of this whole thing. You want that to go away. Uh, so I'm sure someone else, I'm pretty sure Facebook and all the other platforms are trying to pump out a version, can give you basically the same service and just put it somewhere different. Uh, so it does seem, I deleted my TikTok a while ago uh, as these stories just became more and more prevalent. And even some of the deeper dives into the way in which the app itself Uh, takes your information and tries to disguise what it's doing, uh, that does matter. So I think it is worth um, uh, mention. It is worth uh, praising uh, Glenn Youngkin and those in places that have decided at least ban this from our our, um, government officials, the people who have things on their phones that we would want to definitely not be in the hands of anyone else. Uh, That makes sense entirely. And the only push against it, I think, is because, again, people think, well, but it's fun. I I like that. I want to keep doing it because it's fun. Uh, let me uh, talk about this real quick. Uh, this is Tucker Carlson's show talking about the uh, Biden job numbers and how much of a question uh, they have become more recently. Uh, this was leading up to the election that they claimed to have created 1 million jobs uh, that may or may not, uh, probably did, I'm assuming would help them uh, get into office or help them win elections. Uh, that number missed by just a bit. So, on the
3: basis of that and other factors, they won. They now have control of the Senate. And now we get to learn the truth. A million new jobs, really? The Philadelphia Fed decided to check those numbers, and they found the U.S. economy did not add more than a million jobs in the second quarter of this year. Instead, the net additional jobs was about 10,000. So that's less than 1% of the job growth administration <laughs> claim. That's oh, not a rounding error. That's not a Our minor bad. math mistake. This is a country that supposedly sent a man to the moon. We can do math, right? This isn't like thinking you had a hundred bucks in your pocket and finding out you had 85. This is like claiming you had a million dollars in your pocket and finding out you had 10,000. This is like claiming you were rich when you were actually bankrupt. This is a lie.
1: (laughs) Okay. We got there. This is a lie. Uh, Yeah. It's, it's significant again, to think about the way in which these certain um, mathematical gymnastics things can occur and people can pretend that something is happening. That definitely isn't happening. I think the same will happen with uh, the Trump tax returns. Depending on who you read, um, what coverage you find, it'll either say that he did a lot of horrible things or he did a lot of normal things. Uh, But to go back to the job numbers for just a second, uh, it is one thing to claim that a million jobs were created and a very different thing to miss by as much as they missed by. And I assume that this is intentional, of course, as you do. uh, But something about it, something uh, makes me hope that it was just like one guy uh, who didn't carry a one correctly. And now he's got to be blamed for everything Uh, that guy is stressing. I know that's not what happened, but for some reason, I want to picture it that way. Uh, I want to take a break. After the break, I want to talk about Rand Paul. Uh, He put out a holiday greeting uh, that is just uh, chock full of both uh, sarcasm and shots at all politicians for the way in which this $1.7 trillion uh, spending bill is going to go down. Uh, We'll see if you like it. That coming up and more next. Craig Collins filling in on The Chad Benson Show.
0: Serving up talk radio medium rare and dripping with irony, it's Chad Benson.
1: This is the Chad Benson Show. My name is Craig Collins filling in. I do want to play uh, some audio from Rand Paul uh, where he's making a lot of jokes uh, via a brand new version of Twas the Night Before Christmas. Before I do that, though, I want to explain something I do often on uh, different radio stuff that I do. It's called Good Story, Bad Story. I provide you one good story, something that happened in the world to make you feel good, and then because, well, life is what it is, I throw a second story out there that does the exact opposite. Uh, Here's the good one. I wanted to share this first. Italian police officers had to uh, transport a, a set of uh, donor kidneys from one location to another that were miles apart. The way in which they decided to do this, and I imagine this wasn't like a last-second thing, like all of a sudden you're like, uh-oh, we need, we need a way to get uh, somewhere quickly. But in fact, it was actually something that they had planned on uh, because of the way in which they got donated. Uh, they got Lamborghinis. They gave police officers in Italy lamborghini supercars to get these uh, life-saving items uh, from one destination to another it is awesome Uh, by the way the top speed of these cars is over 190 miles uh, per hour Uh, they go from zero to 60 in 3.2 seconds the police officers probably had one of the best days of their lives i would imagine doing this but so i just thought it was such a cool thing and it was all over social media too that just traveling the motorways in two Lamborghinis fitted with these little tiny police lights in order to get uh, kidneys from one place to another was something that happened. That sounds like it's like a movie, and it's so cool that they made it work. I bet you the police officers fought over who got to do it, uh, by the way. Uh, This is the bad story to be coupled with a good story. A woman uh, went to court to try to sue a company for wrongful termination. Uh, This happened in Spain. Uh, this court case was opened about a year ago or so. Uh, it's finally been uh, handled. Uh, she did lose her court case. Uh, the thing is, she went on uh, paid medical leave because she said she had pretty bad severe back pain. Uh, the reason why the company eventually fired her is because when they went onto her social media account, her TikTok account... They found that she was trying to gain a lot of uh, um, popularity by doing twerking videos, uh, which are uniquely tough on the back. Anyone who's twerked out there, uh, I'm not one of those people. I can't tell you with any amount of actual experience. I think the back is an important muscle in in the process of doing it and doing it well. Uh, So this woman uh, who goes by Miss Pieta, uh, by the way, online, uh, may or may not have a successful following, but definitely will not get her job back. Uh, because it's, it's one thing to claim uh, that you're having some medical problem. It's quite another thing. And I just love the last thing I'll say about it. And then I'll move on to the uh, Rand Paul video. I love that somewhere in a courtroom in the world, in order to win a court case, someone brought in video of someone else twerking and said, see, to the jury, she was not. She had no back pain at all. Can you tell how things were? I mean, that, that's just great to envision. I can't uh, imagine what that day was like in the courtroom for all involved. I wish that there was some sort of dramatic version where the lawyer for the woman turns and goes, this was a bad day for us. Uh, You twerked real hard in those videos. All right, now I'm done. Now I'm done. Uh, Here's Rand Paul uh, with his brand new version. It was the night before Christmas. Uh, It's all about the $1.7 trillion stimulus uh, that's, uh, excuse me, the um, budget uh, that is going to have to be passed, a ridiculous amount of spending. Uh, This this is insane, uh, especially because of the short amount of time that politicians are expected to read over 4,000 pages. So let's see if this gets you in the holiday mood.
2: "'Twas the week before Christmas, and through the Senate and House, not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. The earmarks were hung by the chimney with care in hopes that St. Nicholas soon would be there. The senators were nestled all snug in their beds while visions of pork danced in their heads. No budget was found, just mischief and debt." while the taxpayers hung their poor heads and wet. When out on the lawn there arose such a clatter, senators sprang from their oxygen. What was the matter? <laughs> Away to the window they flew like a flash, tore open the shutters when they heard the word cash. The moon on the breasts of the new fallen snow gave the luster of midday to objects below. When what to my wondering eyes should appear, but a 4,000 page Omni with endless debt Year after year.
1: You know, some of the crazier things that people have said exist within this uh, omnibus bill uh, are things like building a uh, trail uh, in honor of Michelle Obama that will cost several million dollars, uh, building a bunch of different museums. Uh, It doesn't make a lot of sense if you're in a tremendous amount of debt, if you're struggling uh, in the ways in which uh, I think our economy is, to go ahead and just throw money at things that are not terribly important. I don't understand any part of it. And then, honestly, uh, like the biggest, most valuable thing as far as uh, whether it's the twas the night before Christmas uh, version of, of complaining about it is just the idea and, and how we as uh, the American people don't care more about it. And I wonder maybe you do. Uh, maybe I'm wrong in saying that, um, that so many politicians are expected to do something impossible. So they're just telling us blatantly that they don't do it. They don't read bills like that. They don't care about the information within them. Uh, they don't try to make sure that anything in there that's potentially hidden isn't tremendously bad uh, for us. Uh, it just doesn't matter. Uh, the system itself is essentially broken in a way that allows for it to be taken advantage of so significantly, uh, so profoundly, and so blatantly. Uh, it's almost as if the, the attention span to even care about this sort of thing is, is gone and so, well, they can just do it out in the open now. You know what? I want a little bit more. It was the night before Christmas with Rand Paul.
2: With a little old driver, so lively and quick, I knew in a moment it must be St. Nick. More <laughs> rapid than eagles, his coursers they came. And he whistled and shouted and called them by name. Now McConnell, now Schumer, now Pelosi and Vixen. On Biden, on stupid, on <laughs> dumber and blitzen. To debt. To debt. To bankruptcy, to free money for all. Now dash away, dash away, more cash for all.
1: Yeah, that's a, that's a whole thing that's out there all over the Internet uh, right now. Uh, Rand Paul is wearing a, a nice red jacket and standing uh, in front of what is definitely a fake scene of a fireplace and a, a Christmas tree, uh, giving us a brand new holiday classic. Uh, bring the kids around uh, later this uh, week. Uh, sit them down and let them hear the story Twas the week before Christmas. I wonder if anyone will actually do that. I imagine some household somewhere in the country where someone is, is very political uh, is going to actually go ahead and do that version of things and tell the kids to pay attention. Uh, This stuff is uh, very important. All right. Uh, After the break, we got a break coming up in just a bit. I do want to cover a little bit more about some of the, the things being said about the Zelensky visit here in the United States. Uh, uh, Vladimir Zelensky, the president of Ukraine, I will be here throughout the day today and speaking. And then also I do want to cover just quickly uh, some of the things going on and being said about the border, which feels like a conversation that shouldn't and can't go away a quick break. A lot more Craig Collins filling in on the Chad Benson show.
3: Chad Benson show
0: Independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson.
1: This is the Chad Benson show. My name is Craig Collins, filling in. thrilled to be with you. Lots of stuff as always to talk about. Uh, I can't help wanting to shift gears a little bit though, and talk about something I had not really anticipated talking about today, uh, but then I saw it pop up a couple places and I thought, well, if it's out there enough, we're gonna we're gonna try and hear it. Uh, there's so much talk about the 1.7 trillion dollar omnibus um, fund package thing that's out there, the the spending bill. Uh, that I wonder if anyone is paying attention to some of these local conversations like the one that happened in Fort Lauderdale uh, City uh, where a woman walked in dressed like a member of Daft Punk, along with two people behind her that are Daft Punk. I guess she's a dominatrix. There's some words I'm going to say here that might uh, make some people uncomfortable. And she had a unique request for some of the spending, some of the dollars that they're going to be thrown around in Fort Lauderdale. Uh, here is what she said. This is this is real. Uh, this is why sometimes these sort of things, uh, these local government meetings are, are kind of must watch, I guess.
0: I propose that... You use a quarter of that mill to support doms and subs in Broward County. What? To build a dungeon. No. No. Created for us by us. The taxpayers and voting citizens.
1: (laughs) I got to be honest. Um, I I don't know why I find this so entertaining. Uh, Just the ridiculousness of it. I I wonder if this person... knows they're making a joke or actually thinks uh, that what they're saying is somewhat important, but I also wouldn't be entirely shocked and surprised if the 4,000 plus page uh, um, bill somehow included something, maybe not exactly this, but something as ridiculous uh, because darn it, we just go at, Go ahead and green light stuff, all kinds of stuff. It doesn't matter. But that's that's insane. And that's all over the place now, as I said. A whole lot of people. I don't know if even as, a say, a um, local politician, you just want to, like, pack it in and, and give up for a day uh, when people are walking in dressed like that with two other people behind them. Uh, when you bring an entourage, you're going to make a special... Um, uh, point. You're going to give a special message, I think, at a local um, a local thing like that. Uh, here's another uh, valuable moment, I think, that happened on television uh, just yesterday. Uh, so this is a conversation on Fox about Elon, uh, Elon Musk and whether or not he's actually going to resign from Twitter. Uh, one of their hosts there, uh, Jason Chaffez, uh said that he thought it was crazy that they were actually going to have that Elon was actually going to step down
2: should step down as ceo so he tweets this yesterday i
4: will resign as ceo as soon as i find someone foolish enough to take the job after that i will just run the software and servers team um, i
2: think it's pretty funny he says someone foolish enough to take the job it's a tough job
1: mm-hmm. sure is. who do
2: you think is yeah, do you have anyone on your job. mind that would take it
1: Look, who are the 57% that want to fire the most, the best CEO this country may have ever developed? The guy builds rockets better than NASA. He builds the most viable electric car. Oh, yeah, he helped start PayPal. And he's got an artificial
2: intelligence company that is second to none. And some people think, oh, I wouldn't want him to run my
1: company. Are you stupid? Come on. This is the guy that you want running your company as as long as he's going to help control the heartbeat of Twitter in that software development, hey, uh, then I think the world is going to be a better place. Yeah, know I agree with that part too. And the idea that, yes, as long as Elon is still, and honestly, and I'll keep saying this, I guess, and uh, we'll move on in just a second from it, uh, but the fact that these Twitter files have been as significant as they have been uh, will maybe wind up being more and more important down the road. Uh, the only way that I, I truly believe what I'm saying is accurate is the Hunter Biden laptop story. Uh, obviously, you all remember, we all recall that uh, that story was buried, non-existent, made fun of uh, by a lot of mainstream media for quite a long time, certainly with maybe some political benefit uh, picked in there. Uh, but now, at least more and more, it's accepted as actual fact. And Republicans intend, when they get into the House, to actually investigate this. Uh, a recent survey said that most Americans would like to see this happen, even Democrats. More than 50 percent of Democrats said, yeah, go ahead, investigate that. It seems confusing. I remember there was a uh, podcast interview that John Stewart did uh, where he said that, yeah, obviously it reeks of, of corruption um, and insider uh, business and whatnot and just a lot of uh, buying uh, influence. Uh, so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. So maybe, again, with all of these uh, Twitter file things that are hitting the world and the way in which Elon has run this company, uh, it'll matter more in the near future. All right, let's play this. This is Corinne Jean-Pierre uh, talking about how people just walk right in Uh, From the border. And then actually, it is connected, or they don't, excuse me. It's connected to audio just yesterday from MSNBC, which said, well, yeah, no, they do exactly what Republicans have been saying people have been doing at the border for a while now
4: it is not that simple it's not just that people are walking uh, across uh, across the border we were even able to see as of last night a lot of migrants just crossing and migrants <laughs> i spoke to this morning saying they haven't had any interaction with u.s immigration authorities they just walked right in
1: they just walked right in they had none there's no way i don't know what you're talking about that's got to be impossible uh there's no way that that could happen because the white house press secretary told us it's not happening so how dare you tell us a lie you individuals now i want to move on to this too i think this is interesting uh, This is Dr. Anthony Fauci. Um, uh, Certainly Fauci, as he's stepping away, has actually disappeared from being a relatively valuable uh, conversation piece, uh, which probably is a good thing for Fauci, I would imagine. Uh, But I'm sure that, much like I said a second ago, Republicans intend to investigate, say, uh, some of the weird things in the Hunter Biden laptop story. I think they're also likely to investigate some of the things uh, related to Dr. Fauci. Uh, But he was asked a question about how he feels, how is it uncomfortable, uh, that some people literally worship him. Here is his answer.
2: It's nice that some people, you know, idolize me and put me up on a pedestal, but I don't get impressed by that. I never have.
1: <laughs> it's not important to me. It doesn't matter. It's, you're not going to win me over because you've got a, a little Fauci statue uh, or some sort of, maybe you put a Fauci on top of your Christmas tree. I don't know if that's what you do, uh, but he doesn't care, uh, although he does like it. He thinks it's nice that people idolize him. Um here, uh, about a lot of these topics today, because it's a lot of uh, similar uh, conversations. I feel like a lot of the same sort of thing going on. And actually, you know what? Let me compare two uh, big names in a lot of the stories of today. In one corner, you have Elon Musk. Elon Musk is a guy that certainly seems uh, full of himself in a lot of ways, uh, but he's a guy that chose to buy a company, uh, that company being Twitter. He actually tried not to buy it, for being totally honest. But then when he eventually bought it, he did exactly what he, would, he said he would do with it, He has become utterly transparent and tried to turn it into something that is more valuable for society, even if it's damaging to him, Uh, and not just damaging to him, say, because the business investment might not be paying off that well right now. And I don't know how much of that is even really true, the amount of investors running away from Twitter and whatnot. Uh, But essentially, it's someone who put his ego to the side and even put up online a poll asking uh, the American people or whoever was voting on Twitter whether or not he should remain the CEO. And he guaranteed you uh, that if you voted a certain way, he would step aside. Uh, People voted to say, go ahead and step aside, and he's going to do it. That's somebody who, no matter what you say about him, no matter what things you you hear or think, is capable of putting his ego himself aside uh, in order to uh, be at the forefront of, say, a lot of conversations. Uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci is literally the exact opposite in every way humanly possible. Uh, He has not admitted any of the mistakes that he's made. He's not even said that they could have been mistakes. Uh, He still refuses a lot of things like the idea that the uh, Wuhan lab could have created COVID, uh, something that other uh, prominent uh, medical minds have said they think is definitely uh, what happened. But more so than that, Dr. Fauci has compared himself to science itself. Uh, When he actually said, uh, and I love that audio, uh, that if you question him, you are simply questioning science. And so when people get platforms, and granted, Elon Musk has always had a platform. Fauci, to some extent, probably has always had a version of the platform he's had over the last couple of years. I think people make a lot of important decisions in those first few moments, those first few days. It's actually something I've quoted a lot uh, that Bill Murray says, Uh, a, a often quoted thing that bill murray uh, claims about people who get on saturday night live i guess maybe more so when he was on uh when people became truly famous by being on that show is the first few years or the first few maybe even months after you become famous after you go from being someone that not a lot of people know your name to a whole lot of people are talking about you uh you have that choice of becoming a a jerk for the rest of your life or actually turning back into a regular person a a honest person and so when we're comparing some of the headlines of, the t- of today, some of the most significant things people are talking about, and you put that aspect in there, the idea that both Elon Musk and Fauci, uh, Fauci, I guess, more months ago, and Elon right now are a dominant conversation throughout all of the country, throughout a lot of uh, society. Uh, Fauci went one way, it seems like, with that amount of attention, and Elon went a different way. And again, both of these people who are not like new Uh, They weren't people that no one had ever heard of before. Uh, But still, I think it's significant because every day right now we talk about Elon the way that a lot of news every single day uh, during the height of the pandemic was talking about Fauci. And at no point did Fauci put a pull up on his Twitter saying that he would step down. He chose to do it on his own. He chose to do it now when he can, quote, slink away, uh, right, as Republicans would like to start to investigate some of the things that happened uh, during his time in government. A quick break, a lot more This is Craig Collins filling in on The Chad Benson Show.
0: Irreverent? Um, like, yeah. So what? It's The Chad Benson Show.
1: This is The Chad Benson Show. My name is Craig Collins filling in. Thrilled to be with you. Chad is back after the holiday. Happy holidays uh, to everybody out there. Merry Christmas. Uh, I'm not afraid to say that. Uh, here, let's do this uh, first. Let's do a, a Christmas thing, a, an uplifting thing, and then I think I have some negative stories uh, to do after that. But what's your favorite Christmas movie is a question that was recently asked to all Americans. I was kind of surprised. What was number one on this list? Home Alone. 87% of people said it was a favorite, uh, so they actually just looked for the the movie that had the most consistent. Yeah, no, that's one of my favorite ones. Uh, number two, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, 82 Uh, percent of people said that was a favorite. Uh, A Charlie Brown Christmas, 81. That's great. Uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. A bunch of uh, cartoons all of a sudden. Frosty the Snowman. Uh, The Grinch, which I imagine uh, they actually mean the Jim Carrey movie, which is nowhere near as good as the cartoon. Uh, I'm sorry. It's just not. A Christmas Carol then came in. Elf and It's a Wonderful Life. Uh, It's a Wonderful Life way too far. Uh, down that list, in all honesty, because that is a, a wonderful, a classic movie. It's a wonderful movie, A Wonderful Life. Wow, look at that, what I did there. Uh, but Home Alone, uh, the favorite Christmas movie of most Americans. Surprising win, uh, much like every other win Kevin McAllister has in that movie. There we go. Uh, I thought this was interesting. This is more of a negative. Uh, so a woman had her car stolen in Chicago. Uh, this is not new. This happens all the time. Uh, but her Christmas was saved because uh, people came in within the community to help her uh, get a way to get herself to work. Uh, she was left broke. Uh, she was left struggling. Uh, I think the reason why this actually is getting covered at all, though, is because it's part of a a widespread crime wave uh, in which the hashtag Kia Boys, K-I-A-B-O-Y-S, is being used to brag about car theft, people who have a specific brand, obviously, of uh, vehicle. Uh, what I thought was uh, interesting about this, other than the uplifting part that, You know, a community rallied around someone to help her out to make sure that she wasn't uh, going to be screwed, essentially, just before the holidays. Uh, But I have a unique hack to this, a way to prevent myself from ever having my vehicle stolen. I guess this was just an opportunity for me to try to brag on the show about something I never get to brag about. My car is so old, uh, no one would want to steal it my 96 Jeep Cherokee that I love that has a tremendous amount of problems. And that actually just opening up with you for a second here, I'm trying to now fix myself. I had a conversation with the missus a little while back in which we decided it was no longer valuable to put any additional dollars with repair people into my car. So I made her a promise. Uh, The promise was that I would get a different vehicle when I think that my car becomes, uh, unsafe on the road. And then I would try my best to fix everything. Um, you know, uh, without any help. So I bought the big giant book, uh, that I've been reading occasionally the manual on how to fix everything. And then the other thing I did is I got the stand to drive the car up to lift it uh, so I can get under it. Uh, and I put that in my garage, not the big fancy one, just actually, uh, I'm pretty sure a plastic one, Uh, that I bought on Amazon, but has worked so far. So I feel good about the situation uh, going in. And then finally, I just kind of look at it. I look at the manual, I look at the car, and I realize that at some point I'm going to need to fix some things. I'm going to have to do what my wife said I have to do. But that's the hack. That was the long road to me bragging about myself, to not having your car stolen. Just have one that absolutely no one would want to take, and then you're fine. Uh, But again, I do feel glad that even though there's a weird, horrible thing going on with a, a trend to steal cars uh, that a community helped a woman out uh, just before Christmas. I saw this story. I thought it was interesting. There's a woman in the UK who's been getting mysterious takeout orders, mysterious uh, deliveries sent to her house for years. She has no idea who they're from. She has no idea why they're showing up at her house, but it's been going on for a very long time. She says she's terrified. She's terrified of why someone is doing this. Uh, She'd like it to stop. She'd like to understand uh, more. I don't know if I'd be terrified. You know, like there's an aspect of that where you'd be like, who knows my address and why are they doing this? But it's free food. It's actually food that's delivered by the restaurants themselves, by uh, people that don't seem like shady, like they're trying to do something like poison the food. At some point, this becomes a benefit. It's almost as if if you rent this house out or this location out to someone else, you go, oh, and by the way, there's that whole food delivery thing. And they go, what now? And you're like, yeah, just occasionally or pretty much all the time. I wonder if it's more of an innocent mistake. I wonder if someone just has the wrong address in an app that they use all the time, and so they just keep sending food to the wrong house, and they, they keep not fixing the problem. Uh, but this woman, to me, is, is afraid that it's something more sinister. And I, I think that, you know, you're probably trying to make a, a positive into a negative. Although maybe, who knows? Uh, I guess if someone is sending you uh, food and they're, they're a creepy person, uh, maybe at some point you don't want that. But I guess I'm outing myself as saying the, the food's free. I'm uh, pretty happy as long as that's all that's going on. And my door remains locked and closed and secured all the time when the delivery people aren't dropping things off. I saw this story. I thought it was pretty funny. Uh, there is a deputy uh, here in the United States in Monroe County, uh, a sheriff. Uh, who is actually um, dressed up as the Grinch for the holiday season. Uh, This is in Florida, pulling people over who are speeding. And instead of giving them a ticket, and again, it would be something to have your uh, car pulled over by a cop. And maybe you even notice it in the rearview mirror because it's a a big, giant Grinch costume. Uh, But as soon as they get out of the car, the Grinch is strolling up to your vehicle. And instead of giving people tickets, like I said, though, he's giving people uh, onions. And he's telling them to slow down. So it's a very on-brand, very theme-appropriate. I think the Grinch even used onions early on in that cartoon to make himself smell worse. So really, uh, this deputy is just a big fan of that movie, Uh, but getting a lot of attention. Uh, Anyone that's going more than five miles per hour over the speed limit, uh, which is probably, to a lot of people, uh, not really that fast. I think sometimes when you get caught speeding, you're usually going quite a bit more. Uh, But just making joke after joke, uh, getting all the clicks on social media. Uh, by the way, I did say this, and maybe I'll end with this. It's not really a, a dirty topic. so That's probably better for all involved. Uh, but I was joking that somewhere in the country, uh, since so many local news organizations are going to be sending people out into terrible weather conditions, uh, they're going to be sending their reporters out because that's the only way to report on a thing. You have to be in the moment, uh, you know, in order to tell us that it's bad out there when we can look out and see it in our our. Window, or we can just understand what you're saying if you're doing it from a studio. But somebody, some television station, some uh, radio station, someone's going to send a news reporter dressed as Santa. It's going to happen. They're going to be in a blizzard covering snowfall throughout a community, maybe going house to house and asking people questions about how they're doing uh, during the bad conditions. They're going to have that person dressed up as Santa Claus and they're going to win the day on the internet. I'm just throwing it out there. I'm saying it's a thing. Uh, If you're listening to this and you're not an organization planning that and you want to get in on the ground floor, uh, I do accept any sort of uh, payment uh, sent my way. You can find me on social media. But someone's going to do it. I know they are. And maybe this guy will also dress as the Grinch as he's out there, too, helping Santa report on the weather. Uh, This has been uh, Craig Collins filling in on the Chad Benson Show.
0: This is The Chad Benson Show.